the gold rush of managed services is quickly coming to an end. Over the next 10 years, we're going to see a consolidation and culling of managed service providers across the board. That's a direct quote from Tim Conkle, the CEO of the 20, the MSP consortium. To put a finer point on it, there are more than 40,000 MSPs in the U.S. alone. The ones that are going to survive and thrive are those that will take advantage of the massive and growing to the tune of $80 billion cybersecurity and compliance opportunity. That's where Aptiga comes in. Aptiga is the end-to-end GRC platform that security-focused IT providers use to build and manage world-class cybersecurity and compliance programs for their clients simply, quickly, and affordably. It's trusted by hundreds of MSPs and MSSPs who are growing lucrative security practices, creating stickier customer relationships, and winning more business from competitors. For more, visit aptiga.com. That's A-P-P-T-E-G-A.com. All right. Hello and welcome to the De-Risking Business Podcast presented by Aptiga. I'm your host, Robert Hilson, and I'm joined today by James Ogier, a senior information security consultant at Resolution IT. Uh, in that capacity, James primarily focuses on delivering security from a governance and compliance perspective, implementing information security management systems aligned to various standards and certifications. Uh, he's also, I think, recently a certified information security manager. Uh, James, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, how how badly did I butcher your last name, by the way? What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't be the only one. Uh, it's Ogier. So Ogier. It, okay. It, it's okay. French. I, I I should have asked you that before we started uh, recording, but no, but here fun. we are. <laughs> I'm well used to it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Um, so our, our conversation today is going to focus on um, how organizations can basically like right size their secu- security and compliance efforts so that they're proportional with the level of resources and expertise that they might have internally and, and commensurate with the level of risk that they're actually taking on. Um, that was a big theme yep. of yours when we were, when we were prepping for this. Yep. Um, but, but James, before we get into it, just like tell us a little bit more about Resolution IT and the, and the clients that you all serve. Yeah. Okay. So um, Resolution IT is a, it basically started off just as a, an MSP, um, but certainly as our clients were um, coming into more kind of security focused issues, I suppose. Um, we started developing a kind of MSSP within the MSP. Um, so yeah, we've got a, a security focused team within the business serving rate, a kind of range of clients, but predominantly focusing on financial institutions mm-hmm. as we're based in Guernsey in, in the Channel Islands. Um, it's kind of a large industry here um, and resolution is kind of focusing on that, on that offshore sort of um IT requirement, mm-hmm. I suppose, with security okay. sort of bundled in that too. And and so, how does how does working with highly regulated financial institutions compare to the work that you might be doing for other organizations with potentially less rigorous compliance obligations? And and I guess a, kind of the second part of the question is like, how do you how do you take that and kind of map it to some of these other clients who might not need to have kind of the same levels of of compliance and security? Um, it's there's obviously different kind of similarities and differences, I suppose, um, from a, a, a regulatory point of view, it's, it's a lot more challenged purely because those clients have, you know, a lot more pressure on them to sort of get the basics right. Um, as well as, you know, there's, there's a lot more requirement in terms of due diligence and third party assessment, right. kind of assessment and insurance and so on and so forth. So, 
they can't stay still with this sort of stuff. They're being pressured into, you know, having good cyber hygiene, good resilience, um, and, and doing the basics right, I think. Got it. So, um, and maybe we'll start with a little bit of a layout, but well, like, why is it important kind of beyond the obvious considerations for organizations to have uh, well-defined and effective security, not just practices, but policies? I think um, it, it, security should be treated as a project or mm-hmm. like a business objective. So having a well-defined and kind of laid out policy sort of sets the tone for the rest of the development of the, the security program so you're setting the tone if you can focus your efforts on getting that bit right um it, it kind of lends itself to the to the rest of the program um and obviously having it well defined and, and effective also needs board backing that's mm-hmm. the key thing um so if you've got that it's again going to be more effective um and you can kind of be or organizations can certainly be sort of led down a path of of implementing controls that they probably don't necessarily need to mm-hmm. um, purely because they've not spent the time to kind of consider the context, the, 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 the requirements, legal requirements, regulatory requirements to actually focus their efforts on the basic things rather than, you know, the expensive controls that may look flashy. <laughs> it's uh, it, uh, clients sometimes can be kind of, you know, because there's nothing tangible in that policy other than a document, they may kind of lose focus from that. So it's important to focus on the basic policy side of things. Yeah. So, and you were hitting on this when we were when we were prepping. Um, you mentioned that it's often the case that the measures an organization attempts to take to become compliant, for instance, against a framework yep. that, that may not be proportional with its resources or the risk that it actually faces. Um, exactly. it, it can become like a little bit of a kind of a, a tick the box exercise, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of lose focus on the whole point of really what the framework is, is pushing you to do or, uh, and, you know, actually spending time to understand it. It's that's where you're going to get the benefit from it. Um, certainly from a cost, it, you know, a cost implication as well. It's going to be a lot more, a lot more cost effective for an organization to actually get the things that they need rather than you know, focusing on the, the high end, the high end things. Right. Um, and, well, and, and in some cases, you do actually need to like, comply with a framework, right? And, some, and, and, and sometimes you don't. So like, what is that? What does that initial conversation look like? Like, how do you determine whether we do need to go all out and we need to take every single control related to a framework or whether it's like we do we need to get the basics in place and then we can kind of build out from there? It's it's all based around, you know, my my, my sort of saying that anything sub or information security related is is all risk based. So, you know, it, it's a case of just working out, right, okay, well, we might need that gold plated, um, you know, product or solution or, or um, the, the best policy that, that's ever been written. But you need to kind of get the, the work through the, the walk through the path to, to get to that point. Um, and if you're doing the basics and you've, you've got a solid policy that the rest of the organization understands and is, is adopting, then sure, you can build build upon that. But a lot of, certainly from a, a regulatory point of view, you know, customers and, and, and organizations are going to the high end and, and you know, missing, missing that beat of just getting things right at, at, at the start. Yeah, it does seem like there's a little bit of a like a cart before the horse uh, approach sometimes where it's like you might be focused on compliance, but that's really mm-hmm. kind of a an offshoot of good security practices. Like the good security comes first and then compliance follows, right? Exactly. You, you, the compliance side of it is measuring yourself essentially to to, to understand how effective the, the security program is, right? Um, that initial piece is so important. I think it does get overlooked. So knowing that 
that this can be what you're describing can become problematic and that, you know, people, organizations can kind of maybe overshoot their grasp on some of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, how do you help? How do you personally like help shape systems and policies in a way that's actually proportional to what the business needs? I, again, it comes with that initial piece of understanding with the business. And certainly when when I deal with clients, it's a lot more about relationship than, you know, me going in to sell my consultancy. Um, because in the long run, realistically, that's going to be more beneficial anyway for both parties. But mm-hmm. to to sit down okay, and go through that risk assessment process and, and truly understand, okay, well, what does this client need? And what, most importantly, what are the business's objectives? And how do I align a security program around that? Um, because of course security is often seen as a blocker rather than a facilitator. So I think if we can kind of change that thinking and, you know, support the objectives of the business, it's, it's an, it's an easier kind of thing for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And that, that kind of, I mean, it kind of seems obvious that, um, this is a discussion, like, like the, the framing of this is we're going to do these things so that we can help you grow your business ultimately. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, uh, if you're not doing this stuff already, then you certainly will need be needing to do it in, you know, in however long, but it's not going to be long. Um, so, yeah, if you can be doing all of these good things and you've got a solid security posture that is board backed, but and, uh, you know, isn't impacting the way that you operate as a business, but is effective, then your clients, your stakeholders, etc., cetera, just uh, uh, that's going to be. Uh, a, a big win, a big string in your bow as a business moving forward. Yeah, well put. Um, what are some of the common mistakes you've seen organizations make when it comes to kind of how they treat cybersecurity compliance generally? Um, generally, it's the kind of basic, again, it's the, the basics. Um, I think, again, you can look to seek certification to prove you're doing well. Um, and I think, Again, it comes down to, to contact, to context. I've seen organizations that have been sold, you know, a SIEM or a, a, a high-end EDR solution, and they haven't got multi-factor, you know, multi-factor authentication. <laughs> so it's like, where are your efforts best placed? Um, and the, the other kind of downside to this is they get sold these solutions, and then it needs even more resource and time and manage, to, to kind of manage and, and implement these things. So it's uh it, it just comes down to again to be do, do, doing the basics right often organizations can go down this path of seeking that 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 gold gold plated but not spending any of their efforts on the real things that are going to make the difference so if if you can generalize like you, you said do, doing the basic quote doing the basics right like what what are the basics like if you can generalize across kind of the vast majority of organizations that you're working with yeah i mean if you the the, the, the sort of go-to that always comes up is user awareness training that's the 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 main or the biggest thing i think and i truly believe in that because as an organization you can spend you know hundreds of thousands of of dollars or pounds on security for um you know security consultancy so on uh, controls so on and so forth but again if your users aren't aware how to protect the business and you don't have them on board then you know all of that is just it, it falls to the wayside so um there's that side of it and again just the usual things that would people have spoken about um, good password hygiene, all those mm-hmm. kind of inexpensive initiatives that are far more likely to kind of protect you as an organization than, than, than um, the sort of high end stuff. That's absolutely 
not to say you shouldn't have that high end <laughs> right. side of things. Um, it's just get those basics right, and then you've got something really, really solid to build upon. Okay, got it. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of times that it's about like like those initial conversations are all about like kind of contextualizing the business yep. and understand kind of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I'm thinking like with my sales and marketing brain, like we 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 call that like a discovery call, basically. Like you're yeah, uncovering exactly. all the things that are important to them. So like, what is that? What does that initial process look like for you, so that you can uncover all of the things that are ultimately important to the business from a security perspective? Truthfully, it comes down to okay. Obviously, there's the the cyber and information security challenges, but what what challenges does the business face? You mm-hmm. know, outside of that, and can security in any way help help align or facilitate any of that? And then you also want to know kind of not uh, you want to deep down kind of get into those business processes where there might be challenges because as a security you can consult you can come in and, and you know implement processes that may impact an area of that business and you don't really have that insight so i think it's key to kind of sit down with everybody all the heads of departments and kind of key, the key stakeholders to actually as best possible understand those challenges and where those risks are as, as well obviously and you know implement realistic controls and measures to, to kind of cover those off. And, and so what can organizations do to make sure that they're adequately addressing security concerns? And again, like kind of in your, in your words, like doing the basics yeah. with, without disrupting the business or plowing a bunch of resources into things that maybe they, they don't need. Like how do you internally, how do you kind of safeguard yourself against these things, especially if you're working with a, you know, a consulting organization that maybe is not like resolution IT is yeah, saying, sure. Hey, you guys need all of this stuff. And, and yeah. you know, it just happens to be really expensive. Yeah. I, I, the, the best approach is to break, break this down. You know, um, anybody that looks at a cybersecurity framework would go, well, where do we start with this? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, so break it down, you know, turn those create kind of, simple but achievable and measurable objectives as you go through the process of putting a program in whether that you know related to your kind of technical operational managerial whatever it will be just create those sort of easy or relatively easier objectives to achieve so that you can continuously you know move forward mm-hmm. um yeah it's good to look at the big picture but if you can break that down into manageable chunks then then it's going to be a lot easier to work through you know pick an area or a department and um get that well set a model up and deploy it to the rest of your organization there's many ways you could obviously do that right right and and you've now said a couple of times too that um you know it's it's really important obviously to get buy-in and you said if you yeah. can get board backing too that that's obviously like you're going to have leverage to to move the needle more quickly yeah. like how how do you do that how do you kind of rally consensus not just like at the highest levels with the board but kind of at the you know kind of the technical user level like the people that actually need to be doing the work yeah sure i think it's a case of it it's a case of kind of using language that is relative and you know and we as security consultants we can't sometimes help but scaremonger you know (laughs) we go in and if you don't do this you're going to get breached so on and so forth but if you can kind of if you can give those you know essentially give them empower them they'll lead security from from all areas of the business um and of course if you don't have board backing then there's not much real kind of point pursuing it <laughs> truthfully so it's so important and, and and not to split hairs here but um a lot of smaller organizations obviously mm-hmm. like don't they don't have boards right like they might have an yeah. executive suite or so like um 
if, if you don't have a board, like I imagine it's just, it's basically like getting buy-in from, you know, from the CEO, from the, the you know, if they have a CISO, it's yeah. from the executive level. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, with a smaller organization like that, you can be a lot more nimble. Okay, you won't you won't have somebody, you're not going to employ a CISO if you're a smaller organization. Obviously, that's where the likes of I come in. But, you know, it's um, you have to just keep it simple and straightforward, even at that, that kind of small, small SME level. And, and and one of the things with the particularly with the smaller organizations too, like we we hear this a lot, and it's one of the things that we did discuss regularly on this podcast. But it's like sometimes when an organization is is working with you know an outside provider, the expectation yeah. is, hey, they're going to come in and they're basically going to do like all the work for us, right? But yeah. that's that's not that's not usually the case. Like you you need to make sure that like everybody understands that there's going to be work to be done here, like internally. So like, how do you? How do you a set that expectation and b like make sure that the that the organization is actually like well resourced and equipped to be doing that work? Again, I think it's all in that kind of contextual discovery piece um, and having a good understanding with that organization because they those initial security initiatives, if you want, want, want like better words, those are the you know. The scoping, how long, what, what business process do we have that we need to look at in terms of security? What, who needs to be involved? And that is the kind of initial piece, I think, that sets the tone. Um, and but kind of by that point, hopefully you'd have a, a good understanding of what resources are going to be involved, you know, what objectives you have um, and so on and so forth. When we were prepping for this, uh, I think you mentioned right off the top, you're like, I don't want to talk about security because people tend to tune me out if that's all we're talking about. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, how, how are you, like, how are you building relationships and having these conversations with people such that they're not like kind of tuning out the minutia of like cybersecurity? It's, I just think that it's, it's much more easy, a lot easier to kind of talk about this in terms of the context of the business as i say um it and you again use language that that that, that you these business owners can can relate to um and like i say it's you know we don't i, I hate going in and talking about antivirus and all those kind of things <laughs> people, people know you know it, it's it's all about okay well this kind of should be standard now yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah, it's a tough one. We just need to make it more fun somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I mean, I, do you have any? Um, do you have any like any tips maybe for kind of tailoring that initial pitch so that you are like resonating specifically with kind of the the business objectives as opposed to again talking about you know pen testing or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think again, it's just uh, the use of language tailoring that kind of um, discussion for the audience that you're you know you, the you're your pitch will be completely different to board members than it would be to maybe kind of more the sort of manager management point point points in that organization so i think to get that back and you can't just be using standard messaging across the organization it's you know make sure that people understand it and you know try and sort of wrap security around the, those 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 departments or, or or business owners but but to your point, you're going to have different top tracks for different, yeah. you know, quote unquote personas throughout the. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's key to change the language to to get the best output possible. Awesome. Um, so last last question for you. Um, what would you say are kind of the main challenges organizations face when transitioning 
to a more kind of compre- comprehensive security approach. Like they've, they've got the basics in place and now maybe they do, especially with some of these financial institutions, like they yeah. do need to kind of scale up their operations. Um, yeah. Where do you see kind of the biggest kind of rub there to get into the next level? Certainly from a kind of regulatory point of view for an organization that like, like say is um, in a kind of financial institution is from the regulations are impossible to keep up with. You know, you can be, work towards one um, framework or regulation and within a couple of weeks it might have changed or there's additional um, requirements within there certainly if you're an organization that is spread out across multiple jurisdictions um, you know there may be overlap uh, or conflicting requirements so I think that that's going to become more of a challenge Mm -hmm. um, as as time goes on there's obviously the resource constraint kind of things certainly from a financial but a kind of time perspective as well and I think there's always a fine line between being a secure organization and actually being a productive organization. Yeah. A, a secure organization <laughs> can just disconnect and yeah, great. But <laughs> you're not going to get any work done. So I think that, that there is always a fine line between, you know, implementing the best security, but actually making sure, making sure that product productivity stays there. And a real big challenge, I think that we're going to sort of see in, in the next 12, 18 months will be sort of the vendor third party side of things mm-hmm. as I'm sort of finding that more organizations are having to essentially perform due diligence on their sort of fourth or fifth vetted their vendors. Supplier. Yeah. So at what point does the supply chain sort of, you know, where is the end on that? It's going to kind of very much become unmanageable. So I think again, if you've got solutions in place for managing that effectively, I think you're in a, a good place. Yeah. Well put. And I, I really like the, um, you know, striking the balance between productivity and security. Like that gets <laughs> yeah. back to your original point of like, like that's what, what proportional is essentially. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, and like I say, security should be, should be seen as a facilitator, not a blocker. And yeah. That's yeah. kind of how it, that's what we're aiming for. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well put. And I think that's a, a good note to, to end it on. Um, James, we, we really appreciate you doing this. Nice, nice work. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Robert.